usually eat, and that's why I have phlegm. So, oh, thank you. That that's the first thing that you just said for the podcast. <sighs> I, I do not control this. I do not control. The first I know thing. you don't. It's, but it's you get all... me talking about random things, and suddenly, uh, yes. Okay, so for all you people out there, so I often will eat right before because it's you know seven o'clock, and I you know I we eat from six to seven, and um, and that just I get all hacky right afterwards, you know. <laughs> so let me but today you. I didn't, so I don't need to. Do you guys have... is your dinner pretty well scheduled, like? Are you pretty disciplined at six o'clock thereabouts is when you eat? Yeah. Good. I mean, that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, for us, it, we're not that disciplined. I would, well, that's not even the right word. It's not a matter of discipline. It's a Scheduled matter of... Scheduled or... Yeah. Vanessa sometimes works till seven, you know, mm. and then you eat at seven thirty, eight o'clock. In fact, mm -hmm. tonight, you know, the grill's going. I cooked some chicken thighs. They're almost cooked, but they're not quite ready. We won't mm -hmm. eat probably till eight, um, and which, you know, kind of like sleep. You go to bed, you should go to bed at the same time and wake up at the same time every day. Um, do you do that? I do. I, uh, I wake up at the same time. Going to bed is more challenging. I get up pretty much at 6 a.m. every day. Ah. Um, but uh, I would love to go to bed at 9.30 every night. Oh, you know? man. Wouldn't it be great to go to bed at like 9, 9.30 and get up at like 4 every day? Oh, I don't need to get up at 4. Uh, let's Even not, 5. Let's five. Not, yeah, 5. Yeah. 5. Um, yeah. To me, I mean, it, I don't know. It was just at some point. I, by the way, welcome to the Open Door Podcast. Hello, uh, everyone. I'm yeah. Brian. This is um, Joe. <laughs> as I was learning about sleep hygiene, the idea, you know, how do you prepare? How do you sleep better? It was the idea that you would go to bed at the same time and wake right. up at the same time. And I'm like, well... Why would I want to wake up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday? I'd like to wake <laughs> up at 8.30 or 9. But at some point, I just was like, well, this is the time I'm going to wake up. And it was mm -hmm. really reinforced by a son who goes to bed when he goes to bed, but he wakes up at 6 a.m. Every day. Every day. And yeah. it's like, if he's up, I'm up, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, anyway, it's the Open Door Podcast. You've heard a bunch of small talk that has... Not Absolutely. much to do yeah. with anything, really. No. Um, but Got. it is a glorious summer night. Um, it's all I could do to drag myself in here because I was out on the back porch. I got the charcoal going. I've got chicken thighs cooking. I'm like, mm, yum. But I'll. But I'm going to spend some quality time with you and with folks who are here to listen. Uh, and I want to thank you all for being here. And um, it really is glorious. And, and days like this and being outside. These are the times when I like spontaneously worship because I just, I'm kind of overwhelmed with how wonderful this world is that we live in. And of course yeah. it's blue sky sentiment, right? You know, so when we listen to yeah, Blessed Be Your Name that says, um, I will bless you whether everything is great or everything is terrible. It's a little easier to bless him when things are pretty awesome. Yeah. Know, to be honest. And, and I know there's some people in our community right now hmm. that are really, really struggling that are on the flip side of that coin. Yeah. And, um, I'm with you, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, you know, and doesn't it seem, it seems like to me that, yeah, that the, the older you get, the, the more you have both joyful and, and sad all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
and you know because because people life changes life life gets more complex as you the older you get and the people you know things change it's like so yeah today's a glorious beautiful day and and i'm and i'm enjoying it but i'm also keenly aware of the people in in my life who are grieving and are yeah. sad and struggling yeah. and this is life it's not 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 the way it's supposed to be yet one day do you do you recall the song both sides now by Joni mitchell no oh my goodness oh. both sides by Joni. Oh, both sides sorry, jo- I, Joni, I, I know the name Joni mitchell i have zero information about it, it, oh wait a minute is she the one who got who had got injured is she the one that, that paralyzed neck down or is she a singer? She's a singer. Uh, <laughs> don't worry about it. Um, she's 78. She, she's uh, one of those kind of, uh, from the 60s, 70s, one of those pillars of okay. folk music. And she wrote a song called Both Sides Now that Jody, uh, Judy Collins made. Very okay. popular. And, but it's just a reflection on, on life. And I've looked at life from both sides now, from win and lose and still somehow it's life's illusions, I recall. I was thinking of Johnny Erickson Tata. Well, I don't know who that is, but uh, anyway. <laughs> okay, um, so what? I'll look up Johnny Erickson, and you look up Tata. Johnny Tata. No, you look up Joni Mitchell. and I'll, I'll look up, up Joni Mitchell, you look up Tata. <laughs> Any of you who are listening who realize that your pastor doesn't know who Joni Mitchell is, just put a comment in there that... Um, that admonishes him. That would be. Oh, and the same thing for Joe that you don't know who Johnny Erickson Tata is. So yeah, it works both ways. It does. It does. Um, Anyway, it's a wonderful reflection just on, as we kind of move through life that we recognize that things are not black and white, that we see things a certain way. And then as we kind of move through life, our perspective changes, you know? Yeah. And uh, perspective is so huge yeah, yeah. in how you see something because, you know, you're seeing the day and you're like, this is a beautiful day and I'm worshiping. Now, somebody else would just look at it. Today was a hot, miserable day. And what's there to be worshipful about? Yeah. Well, right? I would say that I felt differently earlier today. Like, yeah. you know, f- five, six hours ago, I was like, oh, God's day. Oh, goodness. I just got yeah. it to be over. Perspective then, is so everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially when your feelings are involved, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Which we've talked about that. <laughs> feelings are the seasoning of life, right? It's depending on what you put into that. You know, it's, you could be eating something that is wonderful, but without the right seasoning, it's bland or it's too yep. much. It's, you know, you feel it too. You're a beautiful thing. Yeah. But let's, let's talk about your yeah. message. We're, let's oh. talk about the message. Yeah. Grace and humility, Boaz and Ruth meet. It's this beautiful boy meets girl moment, even though they don't know it each, yet. We do because we know the rest of the story. You know, she's this wonderful, amazing woman who's working hard and is humble and is gracious and 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 um, and grateful. And he is a man who takes care of people and is and is 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 upright and with and and he loves to bless people and 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 they meet and it's this 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 series of seeing each other and resp- she's responding to him and him to her and it's just blessing after blessing after blessing, um, and and 
and I started with the message with, you know, the key to, to getting on God's good side has to do with humility because God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. And that's, that's kind of in a macro, you know, just e eternal sense, the, the people who are humble, repentant of their sins and turn to Jesus and say, I need you, Jesus. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm needy, you know, but, but then there's also, you know, it, humility enables blessing in this life too and and that's kind of where we're seeing here and it and it and god and i don't know how much i pointed this out but god works through individuals like a boaz and the scripture is just filled with examples of it's through particular individuals meeting people where they are and taking care of them this is how god works usually to help people it's through people helping other people so yeah okay i've got kind of two things one is kind of uh one is a question one's a general observation i'm going to save the question for a second because it, the, the the observation is a bit surface level and silly but okay. it was something that i thought of on sunday and i kind of stifled you'll forgive me i stifled a giggle when i thought about it because i wondered you know, because what Boaz did is he he wasn't the closest relative, so he needed to go and present the opportunity to the closest relative to say, "Would you like here's you know to to step in and and fulfill your duty as mm -hmm. this relative with this young woman who you know whose husband has passed away, and the guy passed, and so Boaz is like, "Well, that's me then," you know, you know what I'm talking about. But we haven't talked about this part yet. I know, but in my mind, it's coming. It's coming. Okay, yeah. um, but when I thought about that, I wondered if because he knew who she was, if he was thinking, and this is maybe a preamble to what you're coming mm. to a little bit. If he was going, oh please don't, oh please don't, oh please don't, because you know, was he feeling a connection to her before that and realized that he had an obligation? Not to her specifically, but to this other individual who was ahead of him in line. Do you know what I'm saying? I think so. I, I'm, it's not really a question, I, and we haven't got there yet, but it was something that really I started mm -hmm. to go, if it were me and this, you know, and this vibrant, strong, hardworking woman just showed up and... I had an opportunity to help her and I myself was not married or whatever. It would be like, wow. Oh gosh, this is not my role. My, you know, I can yeah. help, I can help her in a limited fashion, but ultimately somebody else is in the rightful position there. And, and I'm, this is partially where I'm going to go Sunday is, um, well, first of all, the, 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 the story doesn't say, right? Yeah. You can't answer a question that the story doesn't answer. However, it is interesting that 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 after this moment, which all happens in 24 hours, well, less than that, about 12 hours, is then two and a half months pass, three months pass, and nothing happens. And it's like, is Boaz waiting for that other guy to do something? Mm -hmm. And he never does. And so that's what is ultimately going to kick Naomi into okay. We need to we need to we need to help this thing along a little bit, matchmaker kind of thing. Yeah. And and it is eventually going to send Ruth to the threshing floor and all of that because it's like, 
he's waiting because it's not really his role right. to do so. He's a kinsman redeemer, redeemer, which, yeah, we need to get to that, explain what that whole means, but set it aside for a moment other than he's supposed to be someone to take care of people. But it's like he's not the closest. Somebody else is supposed to do the job, but they never do it. So, yeah, that's an interesting observation. Well, and to, it was, like I said, it was maybe a little shallow. And it leads me to the question I have, which is, if you are a single Christian, mm-hmm. uh, and you may not have an answer to this, but you know, it, I do remember in my 20s as a single Christian wondering in what manner God was going to introduce me to my spouse, you know, and feeling oh, yeah. longing and um, loneliness and that kind of, and um, maybe, you know, anxiety and despair. Mm-hmm. How is this it's all going to work happen? Out? Blah blah blah. Yeah, all that. And I yeah. wonder what this story tells us, or you know, tells somebody who is still waiting and still hoping or whatever about God's ultimate fulfillment of that connection. So I'll throw it out there. You may not have a prepared answer. I don't have one, but it was just something that kind of settled in my brain a little bit. You know, I think. I think that's a great question for me to ponder for Sunday. Okay. I think that's more of a question to think about over Sunday going forward because there's a, because there's a random meeting and it's, yeah, you're right. It seems like there's all these fireworks, but then nothing happens. And that's the end of chapter two. Nothing happens, but it's like this little interlude at the end of chapter two, at the beginning of chapter one is all like, well, well, what, what, what is God doing? And, and Ruth doesn't know it. She has no clue what's happening, but, but, but Naomi does. Mm-hmm. And there's a perspective there that someone who's older, who knows God better, who just has life better, I think can help that sees sometimes things that people don't. Yeah. Um, and there's a, there's a message about who God is to us when we don't see his goodness. Yeah. And I, so that's, that's an interesting help to help me spur on to think about Sunday. One of the things that I thought, think of, was just thinking about as you were talking is, at least from Ruth's perspective, she was, I'm going to move along through life. I'm not looking for this to occur. Oh, right. 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 I am just taking care of the people in my life. I am living. That's it. I'm trying to live a faithful, loving, responsible, respectful life. Mm -hmm. And because I'm not seeking, God's just like, I've got this handled. So if you just want to move along with your life, do what you can do to live a, you know, obviously Christ wasn't part of what she was thinking, but Christ was there is that if you're focused on Christ and you're focused on what can I do to love and to take care of people. Be a good person. Yeah. Right. That it, that you'll be surprised. And that was a little bit of my experience, frankly, you know, 27 years old working on a cruise ship, which is not where you expect to meet somebody that's going to be your (laughs) life partner. And my focus was, was, yeah, I was reading the Bible daily. I was just trying to do my job well. And mm-hmm. then Vanessa showed up. Yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think Naomi had made it abundantly clear that her 
the possibility of her getting married was close to nil. Yeah. You know, because it was a very racist period of time. They're not godly people around there. She she laid it out to to expect to be mistreated. Um, But but she came anyhow. And so I don't think she was looking or expecting love. She certainly didn't go to that particular field looking for this circumstance. You mean Ruth, right? Not Ruth, no. Ruth, Ruth. Yeah, okay. it was random yeah. from her perspective. So but I think I think I think your point is is this image, this this example, which in part the book of Ruth is is meant to just be an example of what do you do as a single person? Just live a good life, do the right thing and as as one person has said, you know, work on being Somebody that somebody would want to marry, <laughs> right? Yeah, but you know, you're not married, but act, be be a be a kind of person that someone would go. Now that is a person, a man or a woman that would that I would like to have a relationship with um, by being a good person, taking care of your the people in your life, working hard, doing everything you can, being grateful and kind, and all of that sort of stuff. What do we know about Boaz? Um, single? How old was he? You know, I mean, what do we know about that? We don't know a lot more yeah. than than what it says. He um, he apparently is single. We don't know his age. He could be a widower. It's possible because yeah. it's yeah. nowhere as it say his age. And certainly, men can father children much older. So we don't really know his age. Yeah. Um, he, he could be basically the same age. We don't know, but we do know this. He's probably not too young because he's, he's, he's a man of great standing in the city. He's well off. Um, all of these things, he has the respect of the elders. So he's probably not young. Right. And, um, so maybe he never married. Maybe he's a widow. Um, the other thing we don't know, um, is we know who his grandmother is. Um, it's Rahab from the from yeah. uh, from uh, from Jericho, from Jericho in, in the Book of Numbers. Who she was a uh, not an Israelite and a prostitute, so a little scandalous, etc. And uh, so he has a little bit of a history of uh, of, uh, of 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 seeing the good in people when when. The rest of the community doesn't so yeah definitely there was well i mean rahab is just a very interesting story from for for me that we have um a you know a woman who is not um an israelite you know not part of a prostitute yeah i mean and um and yet she does something despite her background Mm -hmm. that furthers the kingdom you know just because she's not part of the inside group doesn't mean that she doesn't recognize what's right or wrong or have um and she allies herself with 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 the god of israel it's hard not to say jesus right because i keep thinking it is it's hard to say not not say jesus but yeah i mean i mean that's the key thing and it's the key thing with ruth too is there's a there's a faith there there's a her identity is not Moabite, even though everybody calls her a Moabite, she has clearly identified, rejected that identity, and chosen the identity of the of being with the people of God. And Rahab did the same thing. And this is in part why Boaz is doing what he's doing. Um, yes, he recognizes the hard work and he blesses that, but there's a 
they it has been known in the town that she has chosen um this people to be her people even though the racism and all that sort of stuff so which brings you know to you know with something i wanted to talk about which had to do with you know in our society today we're so tribal mm-hmm. tribalistic um which for people who don't know what that means is people we break up along these these lines and if they're in my tribe then i'm gonna i'm gonna we fully deeply uh, uh, you know aligned with them and typically it's along political lines but it's also cultural lines and race lines and all this sort of stuff um is that a decent enough definition to you yeah yeah well you're there's a group of people that you're comfortable with and right. you don't necessarily deviate from that group you want to be comfortable and it's it, your, to deviate from that group is uncomfortable. And it's your deepest allegiance is to that. And what I want to encourage us is, is to, to recognize that it's fine to be part of different tribes, sure, but I really want us to have our deepest allegiance to be to our faith because that's what's going to help br- cross some of these lines, whether it's political lines or race lines or all these different factions in our world and say, yeah, you know, we don't agree on all this stuff, but man, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to take care of you. And we're, we're the same people because we all, we both love Jesus. So it breaks my heart when Christians fight. Yeah. Well, I, Ruth and Rahab are just wonderful examples. And I, and I expect that's probably, or that very possibly why Boaz responded to her the way that he did. I think of these so. people who are clearly outside of the the holy mm-hmm. that are brought into the holy right and that you know i see that and this part of this is me projecting a bit is that from the tribalism perspective that you're discussing that is we keep people at arm's length because we're uncomfortable with them we may be missing out on the blessings that a Rahab and her descendants right. bring and the blessings that a Ruth oh, right. and her descendants bring. And, and, and we need to fight against that dividing just like with he did, because in his culture, there was good reasons for him not to do associate with her, to not give her the time of day or to bless her or to take care of her. She was a Moabite. Nobody would and have he blinked an that. eye. Nobody would have blinked huh? an eye if... He would have just said, "You need to go someplace else." Oh, no one, no right? One. It would yeah. have been that would be what is expected, right? Um, and that's you know, um, you know, one of the things that you alluded to but didn't say specifically is he wanted her protected from mm. molestation, effectively, right? Right, that right. right. Stay here; you're going to be safe here because you're very likely not going to be safe in somebody else's field, right? Right. He knew, he knew very well with the time of the, 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 the days of the judges. judges yeah. yeah. As a single woman with no men to protect her. Yeah. She's likely to, to be raped. She's likely to be raped. Yeah. And, and so this is part of the reason why he wanted her to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Which says something about his, his character that he, he doesn't allow that at all, that he cares and he protects all of his people. And then he raises her up and gives not just the, I mean, that's the kind of stuff he would do kind of for everybody, but he treats her even more special by having, treating her first like a servant girl, even though 
he's not she's not one of his servant girls and then actually serving her at the lunchtime which is really unusual so he, the, the privileges that he 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 gives to her is just so way beyond normal how do you think he was perceived by his peers for his behavior was that i mean i think it's exceptional but because mm-hmm. the, the typically it would be a dismissive response right or, or right. you know like i don't need to pay attention to her but would would he have been received as somebody who was doing something exceptional in a positive way or like why are you bothering with this or are you right what is wrong with you i mean i think there's a few different shades in there right and i yeah yeah i think i we don't we don't know because there's there's no information but i i i imagine that there certainly would be some people that would whisper behind his back or to his face yeah what the heck are you doing um, there may be some that'd be like well that's interesting huh you know and maybe one or two people that are like you know that affirming of it because not everybody is is wicked during the days of judges but yeah yeah that's he's I, I i wouldn't be shocked if he had to stand up to it to 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 the social pressure pressure to 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 stop doing what he's doing yeah it, it, what it makes me think a little bit of is with jesus with um you know as he is spending time with tax collectors mm, and prostitutes mm-hmm. that there's definitely a sense of you're not supposed to do that and i wondered if boaz Ooh, yeah. had a similar experience that I mean, okay, you're doing that, but I mean, yeah, you, you're wow. an outstanding man. I don't think this reflects well upon you. Oh yeah, do what's good for your interest. You know, people are going to talk, and that might hurt your financial interest. They may not want to do business with you. Do what's good for you, and don't do the right thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, mean, it, I think there's so much to learn. This is a story that I think we often. Um, there's so many. There's two things that I think of about this story that are kind of let's call it mainstream. One is um, that here's Ruth, you know, aligning herself with Naomi, and what a beautiful representation of mm-hmm. supporting people. You know, I, I see women who look at the Ruth Naomi relationship and say, "I want that relationship between myself and somebody else." And it's mm-hmm. about relationship between women, and then people see it as this kind of romantic story of and i look at it i suppose as much as anything about cultural um uh counterculturalism you know mm-hmm. that recognizing that god is working through our um you know the whole scandalous nature of christ and and love and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff and saying hey i'm going to do what's right despite what culture even within my faith is telling me eh, i don't know that might be a little sketchy yeah um, I love yeah. that. I, I think those are all valid in the in the sense that stories can have multiple lessons yeah. Yeah. being yeah. taught. You know, whether it's you know, a good example, whether it's a, 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 re, a rejection of, of, of various values or embracing of values. I mean, there, there's all of these things. Um, I do think the core point is God and Naomi's relationship and her 
frustration and anger at God. Mm. Has God not, has he abandoned his love for me? Is he unfaithful to me? And, uh, and, and that's because Naomi, if you just look at story-wise, who, who is the main driver of the entire story? It, it's, it's, it's Naomi. It's not Ruth. You know, and she's the main setup at the beginning. She's the, she's the one that ends the story. And it keeps coming back to, as we're going to talk about next Sunday, on this, this amazing exclamation, the Lord has not forgotten his said to, to, to me. And it's like, okay. Yeah. So, so and, and of course, that that leads eventually to the whole, to, to David and then to Jesus. And then if you put this in the, reading this in the context of post-exile, it's like, okay, the, the lesson, big lesson for the people of God is he's not forgiven. He's not forgotten you either, even though you're in exile, even though you're not, things are rough and, you know, you're, you're, you're that your 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 life is as dark as Naomi, and maybe it's like you don't have your wife or your husband that you want. I mean, there's so many things that are ugly in life right now. But he's he's not forgotten you. His his faithful love will take care of you, and it'll happen in these little common details that you don't see the bigger reason for it, like walking into the wrong field or that or the right field at the right day, right? And you don't know, yeah, and you won't know and until there's, you know. It's funny because I, as I do remember in my 20s and wondering about what God had in store for me, that there was definitely a con- consistent message of stop worrying about it. Live this, live this way that you've been tasked with living, and he's got this figured out. Yeah. And that's so hard, you know? It's so hard. Yeah. But there we go. Yeah. That's the, this is this is the beautiful story of Ruth and Naomi and Boaz. So, all right. So, it's good to see you. Good to see good you. To hear your, you know, try to not get too hot out there. No, it's. I'm gonna go right back. I'm gonna hit some teriyaki sauce and then finish Ooh, up those yum. chicken thighs and then it's uh, yakisoba. Yummy. All right. All, all right. right. You have a great night. All right. Take Thanks care. For catching us. Bye. Bye.